Welcome to See the Change, the podcast where we talk to community builders and changemakers and hear the stories that inspire them to take action for social change. We're your hosts, Tanya Ayala and Emmanuel Lyons. Thank you for joining us. Today we're joined by Isabel Chapado from Iqaluit Nunavut. She has over 40,000 followers on TikTok and one of her most popular videos where she teaches us a few Inuktitut words has over 370,000 views. Isabel grew up in Quebec and has recently moved to Iqaluit to be closer with her family and her roots. She's part of a growing movement to preserve and promote Inuit culture amongst a younger generation. Through her TikTok videos, she has reached thousands of people, bringing them on her journey while shedding light on mental health and the challenges Inuit face living in the North. We are so grateful that she took the time to join us today to share her story. Let's dive in. So, first of all, just as like an icebreaker, for those who don't know you very well, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> um, okay, um, it's quite a... F- um, my name is Isabel, I'm going to start there. Um, I'm from Iqaluit by my mom's side, but also uh, from Quebec, from my dad's side, um, super French grew up with him and um my mom passed when I was three years old that's why I grew up with my dad and three years ago I moved to Iqaluit in Nunavut uh yeah that's where I'm from uh otherwise um I live in Iqaluit officially since two years now yeah it's so beautiful and I miss it it's a nice place yeah and you live with your grandparents? Um, I used to live with them the couple months when I was uh, when I started living with uh, in Iqaluit because I was lost a bit. <laughs> I was living with family more, and uh, I decided to be by my own. Yeah, mm-hmm. I live with roommates, and uh, it's called Apex. <laughs> um, Iqaluit have the downtown, and when you you just drove drive maybe a couple minutes, it's not really big, but we have our own place. Uh, it's called Apex, but back in the days, it was officially like where Iqaluit started, and my grandparents grew up there. That's why it makes more sense for me to stay in Apex. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> awesome. And what made you decide to move to Iqaluit? Um, I moved because um, I was really a little bit lost, and I was living in Montreal, and I really loved Montreal, actually, but... At certain point, I was just, okay, I want something new and something big in my life. Um, it was about between going Asia with my little, <laughs> my little backpack. I was like, why not going Asia? Um, I wanted to travel before COVID, you know, three years ago. Like, it was okay to travel. And I remember my grandparents always asking me to go there for work every summer. And I was like, oh, I had already my job in my dad's town. And I was like, I don't know. And it was November, beginning of November. And I'm just like, let's go see them. I think I'm going to go there for Christmas um, with no nothing in my head. Just going see, to see my little family, my grandparents. And I went there in the end of November. Someone booked my flights and my family, my flight in my family, and I just one way, and that was really the the beginning of all everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like that. And I guess that leads us to another question, which is, when did you start your journey of deepening your connection with Inuit culture and learning Inuktitut? Okay, um, this is funny because I'm going to be really honest. When I moved there, because I grew up with my dad and I knew some stuff about Inuit. Like, mm-hmm. my grandparents were always really nice with me, like sending me like stuff from the north through my like childhood and teenage um, teenage years. And I was really glad to stay connected, but I didn't. I didn't know what to do with that, you know. It was really hard for me to understand and, like, being really involved in that. Then when I was in a Kalui, I was just, this is the moment, you know, like, no choices. Like, I was facing all the culture, all people, all everybody. Um, and actually, I stayed there. Like, I was there at the end of November, like I said earlier, and I stayed for five months approximately because... Um, I was really lost and I didn't know if I wanted to stay or like, but I knew I wanted to go for my, in my dad's town for summer. That's why like everything started there, but everything made so much sense when I was working with kids there. It was really, really, really fun, but that, that place felt like I could have that, I was able to have that in Montreal example. I didn't feel like I have the moment of like exchanging something. Um, and lots of those kids were not from Iqaluy. They were out of like other towns. And I'm like, this is it. I want to stay in Iqaluy. I will be back and I'm going to learn. And where I'm going to work, it's going to make sense. And But it was just the beginning, you know? Like I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what I wanted. But I wanted to give but receive to like learning something. And... Um, that's where it started, kind of, because I'm, like, surrounded by my grandparents, too, who were talking Inuktitut. And I couldn't understand what they were saying. And still today, it's really hard, because they grew up in that language. They're they're surrounded by Inuktitut since they're born, I guess. And they're super, super fluent. My grandpa, yeah, my grandpa speaks Inuktitut so well. Even his English is really, really, really bad. And I do have my great-grandma from my grandma's side. Um, I think it makes sense for me to learn it. That's why, like, I started um, after that I was there, maybe, like, a year after. Um, they started a program in Iqalui. First year of um, learning Inuktitut. It's called Pirurvik. Um It was the beginning of 2020. But um, unfortunately, it stopped because of covid but um, they're still going doing it right now. But I started. I decided to not because the dates were different. But this is something really huge and beautiful. Some people start uh, feeling inside of them. Because um, example, me, I didn't grow up there. That's why I really wanted to learn it and feel that it will be important for me. But some people were living in Iqaluit all their life and they didn't really learn it. And they're sad because they're like, it's something like, example, maybe they don't have their grandparents still and they don't have any like resources. That's why having Pirovic right now makes really lots of sense. And it, it, it brings so much emotion and it's really sensitive and really like beautiful because it's the beginning of like, um, we have different dialect too in Nunavut. It's hard to speak 
one dialect but they're going there they try to like us as young people they want us to learn and teach our kids too like um they have really a good mind and you're i went to school too um when i was younger trying to go college and i figured out that wasn't for me but pirovic really they're one-on-one with you take time and they're like if you fail it's okay we we're there it's big we know we understand you and they really support people who goes there like it's <laughs> it's really really amazing and i just had a really good moment with in inuit too that just strong people who really want to like um i don't know how to say that they just want to stand up and like i'm in like you know and be there and like help each other too because i remember like i was super french and it was hard for me to understand like some explanation that i couldn't understand in english but they were just there like translating like slowly and like it's a really good process too for indigenous um anyway yeah and that's how i don't i don't feel i'm fluent that's the hardest part right now because you know i was i have so much motivation to learn the language um but the thing is i'm not fluent and it sometimes i have lots of down because like my grandparents talk to to each other and i they laugh and i can i cannot get it yet you know it's just and but the thing that they're trying now like this is something really beautiful that i tried it's telling telling people that i'm learning in it and in their head i don't know how it why but they start talking in it more like they're they feel safe and an example like i was with friends and i told them oh i started learning or i was with my teammate and a volleyball teammate and i told them i started inuktitut classes and randomly they were just oh example like um i don't know the words they teach me but like um atilu it's like again like um example you do something really nice atilu again do it again but they were telling me the translation hey it's about atilu mean again and i'm like oh okay and they took really like in like in their head uh, unconsciously yeah they were just able to like teach me any moment and that helped to like i'm glad i'm opening opening up about it and that's how you learn and push yourself even i i can be really shy and i'm like no sorry i i don't understand what you just told me but the fact i'm trying it helps it helps a lot and with the language <laughs> i feel like i talk so much but i feel with the language part too i work in a in a store like where i sell inuit arts um and the artists come at my job and they try to sell their arts to us um they're super adorable and i really love them they're almost my friends you know like it's it's super powerful and beautiful and they explained to me the process how they did it um i'm really impressed about carvings made by soapstone rocks and they polish it and it's really details and i'm like i'm i'm like i'm trying to stay professional but i'm just like a little kid like wow this is so beautiful <laughs> and but sometimes they're from other communities and they're all like they almost only know inuktitut and And for me it felt so 
so good to be surrounded about with it and but sometimes it's hard because i'm like i can't sorry i don't speak in aptitude like i'm learning it and they're like no it's fine at least you tried you know and they're just really positive about it and they helped me a lot to learn so many like different little words that we use in like current life like daily life mm-hmm. yeah and they just it helps for the language when you want you can for real like It's easy to say because it's the capital and lots of people come from it's I'm gonna say that a lot but down south down south for us is Ottawa Montreal like mm-hmm. as we say north like for us um, we have lots of people from south and they speak English and they come for work and we just started to talk the language where everybody can understand and exchange and it's English. At the end, it's really sad. We we should all know, like, in Octitude, like, but we still have the opportunity to do it. And I know, like, I have some friends who are Inuk and they just shy to talk with others in Octitude because they're just not used to speak it. And um, and I also understand to other part of like some people, their parents. Um, The generation before them, it was like, example, their parents are like my my grandparents had really hard stories and trauma. Mm-hmm. And they were just trying their best to educate their child as much as they can. And the generation generation of my friend's parents are more like hard worker and trying to like also educate their kids as much as they can. And that's why they put sometimes the language on the side and they just focus on work, work, work and working hard to provide food to their kids, to provide like um, anything that they need. That's why like uh, the culture sometimes as the example, the language, it's not necessarily like give a like give generation to generation because it's mm-hmm. kind of broken right now. And that's why I see my generation starting to like, okay, standing up and like, And I will see my kids doing the same thing. I'm pretty sure that trying to keep it and exchange it. And um, yeah. Yeah. And with other indigenous groups throughout Canada, I know there's a historical context where the language was um, shamed. It was in a way like forbidden or, or, you know, there was a historical context of not speaking their indigenous languages is that the way it happened with previous generations of your family was there kind of like almost a forced erasure of the language unfortunately yes um and it's there and it's in the history of us you know like um that's something we talked a lot in Nunavut right now because we try to keep the language alive Um, but this is something I was super ignorant when I was not there, you know, like we think about it, but we don't really necessarily understand how the impact is really present right now. Because um, language, it's a it's a huge part of a culture in general and losing it, it's like losing your identity. And um, that was something in Nunavut, like um, it happens just like uh, before it, 2000 you know like 1996 or isn't it the last um 
how you call that the, the school residential, the resi school, residential yeah. school yeah, and they were and they were trying to ban everything from us you know mm -hmm. like um and this is something like it's tricky because those schools just i don't know like the mind is so different now like i have people that I know that they still believe on what we they learn and they're still alive you know like they still like thinking of them really white <laughs> or like um colonizer side and um but they're still trying to that's that's the thing they're still living there in the north and they're still living their culture and they're still alive and they're still doing it and this is something like I'm proud of us um I, I'm talking a lot about Inuit because actually, like, I'm honest and I don't really know about other indigenous that much. It's already a lot for me to learn my own culture and I'm really um, pri privileged. I figured out that because exchanging with other indigenous, not necessarily just Inuit, but some of them are moved from their reserve. Because just understand, Iqaluit, uh, it's not a reserve. It's it, like Nunavut is a territory, it's a town, it's a city. Um, but some reserve in Canada, like some people are banned out of it or like their parents move out and they don't have any like resources or like anybody to talk with. And I'm really privileged to be able to live in Iqaluit and having the money to go back there and be able to have people to accept me there and having family who want me to learn more about my own culture. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can do that. And this is something like... I figured out that I have tools to. Um, I can take notes. I can I can listen to people well. I can, like, just push myself to do it instead of like, cause times go so fast, go so fast, and like, if we always put tomorrow, like, you're not gonna learn it, and at the end, your kid's not gonna learn it, and that's something like, I figured out by my own that you need to do your things by yourself, cause nobody's gonna come to you and teaching you, you know. That's why, like, I feel the language, like, I really want. It's my next step, my next goal. It's hard. It's really hard for sure. It's not easy. It's not what I want to say. But it's something that I'm able to do and um, that I really want to. That would be cool, be trilingual, too. Like, I think yeah. useful for lots of things. In so it. Cool. Yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And you were mentioning that people who come from the south come to work in the north and that there's I guess a disconnect between what they're bringing to the north mm -hmm. but not necessarily receiving mm -hmm. right from the culture yes. so what would you like to see happening with workers coming from the south this is something I'm really into right now that's something it's I don't have like a fixed answer for that because it's it's good to exchange about it with people and like having different perspective because so many different cases you know different people different and I met lots of people when I came there for the first time they they want to get out of stuff something in their life personally lots of them just like want something new or like something really intense traumatize them and they really want to get out and they push themselves in something really new and they come to Nunavut and they really like enjoy it and I'm really not against that. Like, it's really something that I think as a human, you want to... Some people really want to discover the world and, like, traveling and, like... Um, but I'm there learning to the other side of, like... Um, 
what's the impact of you traveling to our our land that we were like losing for or people tried to steal our place and like still today we have effect about it and I'm just thinking twice about what's the best for us and I was thinking like exchanging with friends that they're super open-minded and really wanted to come and I'm like and but they question themselves this is something really important first questioning your reason to go there as a human this is something really um major I feel like mm-hmm. if you just go and don't know anything like ask some question before maybe and um see if if example you go there for work see if we really need you you know what i mean and if we really need you i feel for myself this is really all what i think is the best but it's not necessarily like i said the right answer at the end but um it will be good and i hope to see more people coming and train inuit too like having like workshop too or like um moment to like okay I have the I had the privilege to go to school and learn something for years. I have the baggage and and I know what I'm doing. Example as the dentist example. Mm-hmm. And I see so many people coming in town and just exercising their own skills to grow up and personally and not thinking about others and leaving the place. Um we need to know that Inuit live in community since forever and this is something really important to change exchange together and like learning skills from others generation to generation and we I think we should keep that you know and keep the fact we need those people from south for sure because we need services we need important like um help like and you know things but Also, we can do it too if someone teaching us, and we need to learn from others too. And um, I think that's something I wanted, like I want to say too. Like, <clears throat> but <clears throat> sorry, but I know like um, some people who don't have doesn't have that mind that they don't know yet. They like they really want to come in the north, but when they come in the north and they act really selfish, they just don't stay. They, they don't stay because it's too hard for them because we live so much in community. We so we have loves for each other all the time. You go there, you don't have that, you don't stay because you get lost and people will talk about you. For sure, they're not going to say nothing. And that's the good thing where I live right now. The bad bad people, I will say. I don't know how to call them, but like people having like a really big ignorant man, uh, mind. Uh They just not stay, and it's good for us. <laughs> it's really good for us. Better off with yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with what you said about it being um, really important to to be self reflective and and think about um, if you are going to Nunavut, to, like, do am I needed there? Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot of people need to consider before they go yeah because yeah. even you you have the most beautiful reason to go there like because i don't want to put everybody down like they mm-hmm. they they probably have good ideas good things but we also have human living there too and they probably yeah. do those things too as well like we're not still in igloos we're not like <laughs> we're not like we have intelligent like we're intelligent we're smart and um we can too like Um, co-work together like yeah. that's just something makes more sense for me yeah 
And that concludes part one of our conversation with Isabel. Stay tuned for part two coming your way very soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, why not subscribe and share with a friend? It's free. For more information about Isabel and her TikTok videos, check out the show description. You can learn more about Sea Change at our website, www.seachangeinitiative.org, and follow us on social media for the latest updates. This has been a Sea Change Initiative production, written, produced, and edited by myself, Tanya Ayala, and Emmanuel Lyons. Music by Charles the Emperor, equipment provided by Scott McLean, as well as our partners, Lunar Love Candles, Wark Paper Products, and Cocom Scrunchies. And a special thanks to our guest, Isabel Chapadon. Cut. <laughs> I think it's pretty decent. Cool. Okay.